Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming. Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. The 25th anniversary of Titanic is opening in theaters this weekend in 3D. So if you're very young when it came out, or if you just never saw it on the big screen, or if you want to see it again, now's your chance. My special effects team, you know, he usually uses real fire to do fire effects. Right. But we're in somebody's real house that they're actually selling, so we can't mess up. So we use different smoke effects and then lights. But from the outside, with firemen rushing in with hoses and stuff, it looked like the house was on fire. It was It was awesome. That was director Kevin Hershberger talking about creating a fire for the new show Michigan Hell House, which debuts February 19th on the Travel Channel with streaming on Disney+. This house is one of the most documented and violent paranormal cases in history. If you're familiar with this sort of investigative show, they're often reenactments, and today I'm interviewing four people who were involved in recreating scenes here in Richmond, including director Kevin Hershberger and three of the actors, Kara O'Brien, Chris Corkalo, and Brian Landis. By the way, if you were listening to last week's show, I was originally supposed to have Terry Ray talk about the old days of the Biograph, but Michigan Hill House is just getting ready to drop, so I wanted to hit it while it was hot. Pun intended. Sifter Review of the Week Poker Face on Peacock Natasha Leone plays a woman with the ability to tell if someone is lying. In a throwback to the classic TV mysteries of the 70s and 80s, and there are some Easter eggs in the show, she uses that ability to solve a murder every week. Plus, since she's on the run, it's an entirely new cast on every episode, including Nick Nolte, Ellen Barkin, Adrian Brody, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Judith Light. Oh yes, there is a villain after her, Benjamin Bratt. To make it even more entertaining, it's written and directed by Ryan Johnson, so there's lots of clever plotting, unique characters, and dark comedy. It's fascinating to see Johnson create new crimes and drop hints on how to solve them while having it revolve around Leon's inimitable style. I gave Poker Face four and a half out of five stars. Before we talk about Michigan Hell House, I want to find out who my four guests are today. This is the first. Actually, I've never had this many people on the Sifter show, so that's kind of cool. Why don't we start with uh, Kevin, and then you all work your way around and tell the audience who you are, what you do, and then what you did on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, my name's Kevin Hershberger. I'm, uh, I'm a filmmaker here in Richmond, Virginia, doing a lot of television and historical documentaries mostly. And being that this show was set in 1974, it's historical enough for me. <laughs> and uh, I, di- I directed uh, this show, uh, Michigan Hell House, uh, working with a company I've been working with for a long time out of California. I'm Brian Landis. I'm uh, an actor here in town and I make my own little films and I worked with Kevin quite a bit over the last... 10 years or so. I play the dad on this. It's been it's been mm-hmm. a couple of years now. Oh wow, this was pre-COVID? No, uh, it was right. No, this was in the in the good times when, you know, we were kind of things were relaxed. December 21, I want. Hey guys, I'm Chris Corkolo. I'm an actor, producer, musician out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I had the honor of playing Jerry Sulfin on Michigan Hell House. Now Jerry is the paranormal investigator or paranormal psychologist that comes in. Hi, I'm Kara O'Brien, and I'm a a local actress here in Richmond, and I have had the distinct pleasure of working with Kevin several times over the years, and uh, I played the wife in this one. And with some wonderful period makeup and hairdos, too. I love the hairdos. So first of all, I'm not sure who wants to answer this, but I'll throw it out there. What is the Michigan Hell House? 
apparently uh, one of the reasons they did the show is it's the potentially the most documented case of haunting in the United States in terms of uh, the, the sheriff's department and the local government was involved. So because they called the sheriff's department out constantly, almost every single night, and they searched the house and the search outside because they were they were reporting disturbances. It felt like someone was outside of the house trying to get in. And then there's also recordings. He, he, he had record recorders in the house, like take, reel to reel, to record the sounds, to record what was going on, their, the, the voices, the reaction of the family. And fire department reports, the fire department was involved as well. They, I think it happened in 1974 was the main time. And it's a family that was living in a rural part of Michigan, feeling like something was trying to get in their house. So they were checking, is there, are we on a fault line? is a sinkhole, something like that. And when this family moved out and other people moved into the house and have never reported anything. Oh, so it's wow. as if it was just this family and what happened in that moment that was a poltergeist or something, was an entity was, was attacking this family. The three actors that we've got on the call were all in reenactments from the show. I want to ask all three of you first, and Kevin, I'll ask you too. Do you believe in ghosts before or after making this? No, I don't believe in ghosts. Chris, how about Tara? Anybody? So ghosts, I'll, I'll take ghosts, it. Ghosts, I don't know about, but I, you know, I think there is definitely energy, dark energy out there. Have you experienced any or do you just think that? I have not personally experienced that. How about you, Chris? So I am not into it. I'm not a believer, except I came in a couple days into it and we get down at the kitchen table. And I think, Kara, if I remember right, it was you that was telling me, like, there's been some weird things going on in this house. And I was like, sure, whatever, whatever, Kara. And then I was just trying to get you psyched into the role. I was kind of getting there. And then I swear something just fell off the wall in the kitchen, the little the little cross, remember? That's right. I forgot uh-huh. about that. And and I look over and I then I look right at Kara and I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> I am mistaken about all this stuff. So I, I kind of still don't believe it, but I can't I like Kara, I like your assessment of it. There's there's energy, there's something. Yeah, it's like the only time I've ever had any kind of weird visions in the middle of the night or whatever. It's like I wake up and I'm under a lot of stress for some other reason. So I have a feeling this family was just crazy and somebody was setting fires and like just doing nutty things and then calling the cops. And I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Kevin, you believe in ghosts or paranormal stuff? I do. I think I do. I've been, you know, around enough people who have had experiences. I wish I had one so I could know for sure, but I have not yet personally, but I've been in incredibly close proximity. I'm like, you're kidding. That just happened. What? Where? That was in Center Hill Mansion down in Petersburg. We were filming for the Smithsonian Channel. And it was like I literally missed it by a few minutes. The DP was like, did you hear that? Did you see that? So I was like, damn, really? Seriously? I just missed it. In the recreations, we had to literally like recreate something that we that didn't exist because there are almost no photographs left of the family. There's no pictures of what the house looked like inside because everything burned up. There was a fire, and right. that's what drove the family out in the end. Wasn't there some audio file? There were the audio tapes, yes. There were audio tapes that were recovered, yeah. So the paranormal investigators came into the house, and when the fire started, the recorders were rolling and did capture some of that stuff. Now, you mentioned the house. Where where was the house? It was obviously in Richmond. It wasn't a haunted house. It was just a location y'all used. Is it all one house? 
there was a house that was for sale at the time. We had a two-week period where we could basically rent the house as long as we didn't mess it up. It was right off of Hull Street Road, actually, heading out towards the Metro Richmond Zoo. So it was, it was ideal. It was great. We found a, a, an old house that had not been refurbished. The, that creepy shed out yeah. back. Ooh, the there was a creepy shed. Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> so you shot this in December of last year, of 2021. 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did it get started? Did you get contacted, Kevin, from the producers and they said, hey, we want you to shoot this down there? Or how did the gig happen? Luke uh, Ellis at Workaholic Productions in Los Angeles. I've worked with, I've been working with him for over 10 years now doing different shows. One was I got my Emmy nomination for a, a mini series we did for coverage networks for the American Heroes channel. And they, you know, every time he gets a, a show, a show with recreations involved, I get the second call. He's not from Richmond. He's from Kansas City by way of Los Angeles. And he just likes shooting his recreations here. And it's been, it's been really nice to have that connection with this production company. I want to ask each of the actors a little bit about their experience. What was that experience like for you? Kara, we'll start with you. Um, I had a great experience. The weather, obviously, that time of year, it was uh, it was a bit chilly, and I do believe it rained at least one of the days. And um, I think that really kind of contributed to the gloominess and the the dark cloud that was over the whole thing. Seeing as how it was set in uh, Wisconsin, that's right, right, Kevin? Michigan. 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 Hello, Excuse me. Oh my goodness. Please edit that out. Um, Michigan. Pick it up. Sing out in Michigan. Michigan in Wisconsin. <laughs> the Wisconsin Hell House, right? Oh my goodness. Michigan. So Luke was giving me some lines to say. And when he said, you know, there's a there's a local dialect, and I just kind of um threw out a few few lines in that dialect. And he says, Oh, did you hear the tape? And I said, what tape? He said, the, the tape, the original audio from the paranormal investigators. And I said, no, why? And he said, well, let's just say we're we're going to have to dial down the local dialect because, uh, well, we don't want it to sound too caricature It was very understated in their reaction to what was happening. And um, it, it was almost, I don't want to say almost comical, but, you know, we, we really wanted to keep that serious flavor. So that was something we had to keep in mind. The production team was extremely efficient. And uh, as they always are, they move through things pretty fast. How, you know, big was the t- how big was the crew? 20 people all together. Well, okay. So all departments. A- These are, you know, low budget shows. So right, right. Uh, we get just enough, you know, one person in hair and makeup and one person in costumes and two people in art, a gaffer and a grip. So it, we keep it pretty small and also helps us move quicker and keep it, right, keep it right, tight. Right. It is it was a small house. So, and when, because of the weather, we all wanted to be inside, yeah. especially at night. So Chris, how about you? How was the experience? It was great for me. I've worked with Kevin before and then to get to work with him again was fantastic. So I come up for, I just did one day of filming. First of all, I love period pieces. So anytime you can put on, some wardrobe to help sell that period is pretty fun. And so I had some awesome 1970s suit on and that just started everything, you know. Then we went, you know, we go into makeup. And so Nicole Pye was on there. Kevin loves Nicole. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she pulled my hair in a certain direction and I had really kind of a scruffy beard. So I ended up well into character before I even stepped onto set. And then getting in there, here are my good friends, Brian and Kara, that I get to work with. And so we're there. And then um, 
Kevin pulls out this 1970s tape recorder, right? Uh, real, mm-hmm. real yeah. I mean, the whole thing just makes it so legit. And that's what's so fun about doing those kinds of things is when you get costumes and makeup and all the art departments involved to really help sell it. And so we're there. We're in 1974 as we sit down, which is great. Yeah, I remember the tape from or Luke talking about the tape. Uh, so he gave me some certain buzzwords and some certain questions to ask these guys the the you know brian the dad and care of the mom and then we just went for it. what i remember is it was fairly improved you know we had certain things we needed to hit you were just improving those things was that were they actually going to hear what y'all were saying or was it just going to be sound under a narration no or? it was script i mean it was uh, recorded audio and i had specific some specific questions right right that they wanted to get across. Now, I don't know what's going to make it in the final edit, but right. all that audio is legit all about the experiences that they had in the house. And yeah, it was great. Great, right. great experience. It'd be great if one of you say, this was a terrible experience, but I know you're not going to say that. Brian, what did you think? I love working with these guys. And Kevin has been gracious enough to bring me on to all kinds of good stuff. And it's always a very similar crew that is really well greased and works really well together. I was almost most impressed with the fire scene in the end and how with no fire, if you were standing outside the house, it looked like the whole place was ablaze. Well, wow. yeah, all the, it was you know, cool. and you go up and you look in the when you pull yourself up in the window and it's just lighting and just smoke effects. And like, it was so cool. One thing I love and both hate about these shows is that they allow you to improv so much, you know, they'll give you a general idea and you're, and like some of the actors, the kid who played our son, Kira, there was one scene where he fell on the floor and he was having some crazy like seizure. Yeah. He was so dedicated to it. I mean, he was flipping out and like, and it was an amazing performance. And all I could think in the back of my head was like, man, they're going to clip about three seconds of this. (laughs) Yeah. So frequently I'll see people that are really amazing actors who do really amazing things. And this ultimately is a recreation show and we all know it. And we're there kind of as, as bodies that speak words and we can improv and have a lot of fun with it. The improv and being able to like come up with these characters and just have so much fun with each other is a great part of it. Have you seen the final cut, Kev? I have not yet. No. So how much are you involved at that point, Kevin? Because I know you direct it, but don't do you just turn it over to the post-production people and they do it? Or do you have any input at that point? Yeah. T- I mean, you know, TV is really a kind of producer's medium. So it goes back to L.A. And, and, and the producers in the room all day. So this is a question for any of you or all of you. What was the biggest challenge on this show? Not suffocating from the throw pillow. <laughs> the pillow incident. There's a pillow. Mo- yeah, there's a pillow story. I saw some footage of people fighting over a pillow. I guess that's what you're talking about. The throw pillow. Basically, the the mother said that the pill a pillow came alive. Basically, moved and tried to smother her. Uh-huh. So one of the things of this entity trying to like attack this family. Yeah, and we attacked Kara. Uh- <laughs> we're we're actors. We don't have any challenges. We just <laughs> sit and wait. While everybody does all the other work. And we just make jokes until Kevin gives you a sideways glance, like, all right, chill out. But to get to that point, they made me do housework. So, yeah, I guess that was a bit of a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Were there any surprises in putting this together from any of you from the production itself? Or obviously you didn't see any ghost appear out of nowhere. But were there any surprises at all that y'all weren't expecting? 
it was great because the, we got a real fire department. So we had the Chesterfield Fire Department come out to help us because it was, we needed a fire department to show up. But the uniforms are very similar to what they had back in the 70s, but the helmets are very different. And, and they didn't have as much equipment. So I was able to use real firemen, but they give them the old 1970s style uh, helmet. And again, like Brian said, we, my special effects team, you know, he usually uses real fire to do fire effects. Right. But we're, in a, we're not in our, we're in somebody's real house that they're actually selling. So we can't mess up. So we use different smoke effects and then lights. It was all light. Right. But from the outside with firemen rushing in with hoses and stuff. It looked like the house was on fire. It was incredible. It was awesome. Thank God we had a fire to, you know, truck there with the lights on, or else we would be stopping at the side of the road and freaking out. It surprised me how realistic that looked. Now, being at, at the sunset with the with the lights of the fire truck flashing on the house as we're filming this, it was pretty crazy. It looked really good. The magic of television. I'm sure, I'm sure there would be a lot of fire flames digitally inserted in the end, but... Right. On the day, we were super safe. So when is it going to air and where? Travel Channel on Sunday, February 19th. Dude, it's part of Shock Docs now. It's called Shock Docs. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's a series of different documentaries from different production companies and different filmmakers. And we did one two years ago about Ed Gein that, was, that aired last year. I think it aired last year. Okay, yeah. One question I always like to ask everybody, and we can do a quick uh, round robin on this. What are you watching? When you're sitting at home this week, Watching something on streaming or whatever. What's your current thing? Actually, I am watching, about to watch a documentary on smoke jumpers put on by Montana PBS. Okay. And it's because my dad was a smoke jumper in college. And so he's actually featured in this Montana PBS special. Come, It's actually got released last night. I didn't get a chance to watch it last night or... But I'm I'm on it. That's that's next on my list because my dad's in it. So that's cool. cool. Very cool. That's killer. Brian? I was watching uh Slow Horses uh, on Apple TV. And then Can you, yeah, you I, like I I can't get I tried that and I just gave up after about it's just slow. Oh Literally. my god, I love it so much. But I also I was just watching this uh I love a lot of documentaries. So I'm gonna watch that, Chris. Awesome. And then uh, there's one on PBS coming up about Public Enemy too, I think. But um, I'm watching a documentary called The Big Con on uh, Apple TV about the that guy in West Virginia that duped the Social Security Administration for like $550 million or wow, something. Okay. It was pretty cool. But nobody has Apple TV, so. I have it. I'm, listen, I'm trying to struggle through all four seasons. I kept putting it off of Servant. I, I got <laughs> halfway through the first step season. I'm like, this is stupid and then i said okay i got nothing because i got a slow period i said i'll watch it all and i'm in the third season and it's still have you finished it brian <laughs> servant I, I should probably be careful here <laughs> um right. so last year i was cast in season four episode one and ten footnote if you watch servant kevin is easy to spot in the first episode of season four he's the ominous tall figure who approaches the car Actually, Kevin told me he wore 12-inch drywall stilts to get the height. Kara, how about you? I just finished watching Wednesday. Huh, okay. You're not a teenage girl, and you like it anyway? Doesn't matter. My I, wife I loves think, it. I think it spans multi, multiple generations. I just started watching Shrinking. Which is and wonderful. I am waiting for the next season of Severance. Sever oh, oh, I like yeah. that one. I could not, some people, you either love it or hate it. And I was one of those, I appreciate it, but I just could not get into that. 
I appreciated the the simplicity, but it is so, so complicated. And I think how I imagine that concept was born was a phrase that we've heard many, many times is finding a work-life balance. Right, right, right. So, Uh, Kevin, what are you watching? Trying to go see Avatar The Way of Water this week. And I, I want to see an IMAX 3D before just like this Thursday's the last day I can see it unless I want to drive to like North Carolina or Illinois. Right. So um, I would like to see that because it's like like an amusement park ride. It's kind of an experience you have to, to see. So it's kind of the, the newest, hottest cinematic <clears throat> event. Watching way too much YouTube, since that's my main business is doing YouTube. Watching way too many YouTube videos about Ghostbusters proton packs right now. Oh, talking of nostalgia, uh, I we're just watching the Fablemans. Oh, that's wonderful. Steven Spielberg. Oh, I would love to see that. Man, yeah. that guy, right. he knows exactly what strings to pull to get you to like cry. I mean, he is like he is amazing. God. Now, uh, did you notice? Did you get the punchline? The very last shot. I'm halfway through. Well, oh yeah, finish it. Okay. When I get off, we're gonna finish it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just just tell everybody. There's a, the last scene in the movie is he meets John Ford, played by David Lynch, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. And he gives him some instructions, <laughs> and then there's one last shot, and he uses that trick. And so if you watch, a lot of people don't even catch it because it's kind of subtle. But if you're in the business, you'll see. Oh, very clever. So look uh, for that last shot, and you'll see what I mean. Hey, by the way, I failed to mention the name of this Montana PBS special about smoke jumpers. It's called Higgins Ridge. I'm going to put a link to these on the website, too. Awesome. So I want to thank you all very much. We're interested in trying to see what this Michigan Hell House looks like with y'all in it. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jerry. That was director Kevin Hershberger and three of the actors, Kara O'Brien, Brian Landis, and Chris Kirkelow. They were all in the reenactments for Michigan Hell House that was shot here and launches on the Travel Channel on February 19th, as well as streaming on Discovery+. Plus. There's a link to it and the other things we discussed on the webpage for the show at TV Jerry. Coming soon. In theaters. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the 25th anniversary release of Titanic in 3D, Magic Mike's Last Dance, Channing Tatum is back to lead the dancing hunks as they travel to London for their final show. Living, Bill Nighy stars as a civil servant who takes off time from work to experience life. Let it be morning. A family is trapped by a military blockade inside an Arab village in Israel. This is from the director of the band's visit and is Israel's Oscar entry for foreign language film. She came from the woods. Another summer camp adventure with deadly outcomes. Seriously Red, a comedy about a realtor who pursues a new career as a Dolly Parton impersonator. The Civil Dead, a longtime friend of a struggling photographer, enters his life from the afterlife. Consecration, Jenna Malone stars as the sister of a priest who visits the remote Scottish convent where he fell to his death. TV and streaming. Your Place or Mine on Netflix. Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher star as best friends whose relationship changes when she moves to New York. Somebody I Used to Know on Amazon. Alison Brie returns home to find romantic confusion in this drama directed by her husband, Dave Franco. You on Netflix, season four, part one, moves Penn Badgley to London with part two coming later. The Flash enters its final season on The CW. A Million Little Things enters its fifth season on Hulu. 
You know you can subscribe to this podcast on most of the major services. Just go to tvjerry.com, click on the podcast tab, and there's the link. Next week, we'll take a look at one of the films coming to this year's Environmental Film Festival. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands, thousands of reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.